Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's so important. That's so important, especially with the um, content of our focus um, this morning. One of the things that I've always been intrigued by, because so many people, I have struggled greatly with it, and so many people around me have struggled with this, um, this battle of depression, this battle of uh, a feeling of uh, hopelessness and helplessness and um, just a feeling of absolute isolation and loneliness where it feels like nobody understands. Um, sometimes it feels like nobody cares. We kind of know that's not true, but, but it sure feels that way. Um, so often we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray and we read God's Word, and it, and it just looks like or feels like uh, God's not doing anything. And it's exasperating and it's frustrating. And it's damaging. And it impacts everything in your life and everybody in your life. And um, it's such a horrific thing. And I've always been intrigued with the, 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 just the just trying to figure out how the disciples and those that followed Jesus closely, how they felt when they woke up on Saturday morning. Yesterday, they watched the, the one that they had chosen to follow with all of their lives and with all of their mind, and with all of their heart, and the one that they thought was their hope for the future, and they might have had some weird political understandings of things, but mostly they just, they just wanted what he said, and they just wanted to be a part of what he was doing, and, and all of a sudden... Um, He's arrested, and he goes before the religious hierarchy, and he goes before the political hierarchy, and in the end, um, he's taken, and he suffered. I mean, he suffered the most painful death in human history. And from the beginning, I, I want us to understand his death wasn't just physically painful. It was mentally painful. It was emotionally painful. It was relationally painful. Those people that he's up there suffering and dying for are down here denying him, especially those that were closest to him. And, and different ones were mocking him and making fun of him and, and, and spitting at him. And, and here he is up there dying for them. I'm sorry. I know he was fully God and fully human, and I don't truly understand that. So if you don't truly understand that, that's okay, because nobody really does. But it had to be hard. <laughs> it had to be a battle. Uh, it had to be a struggle. And, um, and it was painful. Uh, and then um, he, um, he died. He died for them. And so we talk about PSD today, and, and I would imagine that that's kind of what 
the disciples and his closest followers and his family were feeling on Saturday morning. They were like, what just happened? We, we, we watched the one we decided and, and were following who we believe to be the creator and the savior of the world practically mutilated and, and died this awful, awful death. And you wake up the next morning and you go, now what? Now what do we do? How do we deal with this? And I would imagine they were in a state of heartache and emptiness and hopelessness and helplessness and full of questions and full of pain and anguish. And through my personal life, I know that that's what depression feels like. It really does. And I just wanted to do something this morning where maybe we can dive into that. Maybe you've been through depression and maybe you're not really intensely battling it right now, but you've never actually dealt with what you went through. Or maybe you're right in the heart and the throes of depression and despair and despondency. And you try and you fail and you try and you fail and you feel like a loser and you feel like that God doesn't care about you. God couldn't love somebody that, that's so off. Um, you feel like there's no way I can be saved. There's no way I can be a child of God and feel this way. Uh, there's no way that, that I can be in the center of his will and, and feel this way. But I want to look at you right now and tell you, you're still saved. You haven't lost your salvation because you have these feelings, because you're having these battles, because you're having this despondency. God always has loved you, always will love you, and he loves you right now in the middle of whatever you're dealing with. And I want you to hear that. I want you to understand that. I want you to understand it, it, it causes thoughts and it causes us to think about things we shouldn't and, and it causes us sometimes to say things we shouldn't. It causes us to, to treat those closest to us the worst because lots of times they're the only people we kind of have to take it out on. But I want us to understand as we dive into this this morning that Jesus, if you allow it, will come right where you are and love you, and save you, and bless you, and redefine you in a very holy, eternal way through all of this. Not in spite, through all of this, if you will let him. And I think, I think these things, as, as I've prepared for today, and I, 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 I come here this morning not really sure exactly what direction I'm going to take because there's so much I'd like to say. But I want you to understand right at the beginning before we pray, you're okay. Jesus loves you. 
You're still in his hands. You're still in his arms. You're still in his kingdom. He's right there for you. He's right there by your side. He is keeping you. He is loving you. He's got a plan even in the midst of all this, even though it feels so horrible. And even though you may feel so horrible about yourself in all of this, you need to understand God will work all things for good because you love him and you are still called according to his purpose. And I, that was very hard in the middle of depression to understand. And, and you may not understand it right now, but I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it. I want you to read Romans 8, 28 over and over and over and know that no matter how you're feeling, no matter what's going on, God's right there. God's still got a plan. God still loved you. You're still saved. You're still his child. He's still your dad. You're going to be okay. No matter how it feels. Let's have a word of prayer before we really get started. Father, this morning, this is a subject very close to my heart and my life. Because it has been in my life, all of my life. And I have watched folks and I hurt for people going through depression. And I hurt for people going through uh, post-traumatic syndrome. And I hurt for people that Satan is speaking to their mind, telling them that they're worthless and they're, they, couldn't, they couldn't ever be your child feeling this way. But Father, I pray in the name and the power and the glory and the healing and the grace of Jesus Christ, I pray that he, they would hear through me what you're saying to them today. Bless this time. Anoint this time. Use this time in my life and in the lives of everyone that's listening. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. There have been so many biblical um, heroes and Christian historical heroes that have really, really, really battled uh, with depression uh, themselves. Um, I go all the way back to Job. And if you don't know the story, uh, Job was living a good life. He had everything a man could ever want. He was a good man of God, a great man of God. He, he, um, he was a righteous man. And um, Satan went to God and said, well, it's easy for, for Job uh, to be wonderful because he has everything. Let me take everything, and um, I don't have time to tell the whole story, but um, the only one in his family that wasn't taken was his wife, and, um, and she was a struggle, and uh, he had some friends, but all of his kids, his cattle, all of his wealth, everything, and then his health was taken, um, and there was a point in Job's life where Job kind of went, Maybe it would be better if I would never have been born. Maybe if it would be better if, if, if you would just take me right now. Um, maybe better for everybody. And if you've better, ever been in the heart of depression, you understand that feeling. You, you understand those thoughts. Uh, you, you understand how those things come and, and what a great battle it is to work those things out of the center of your mind. It is a, a very, very, very difficult thing. There's David, the great king. 
who defeated the lion and the bear and then Goliath. And, and man, he was, he was looking good and, and everything was fine. And yet over and over and over in, in, the, in Psalms and 1 Kings, you find David kind of crying out to God and saying, God, I don't know how to handle all this, stu- this stuff in my life. I'm, I'm, he basically says, I'm totally overwhelmed. I, I'm undone. I, I'm crying myself to sleep every night. I have a feeling David kind of knew what the heartache and despair of depression was all about. And I, I want you to understand that. And the reason I don't, I don't tell you these things or about these people so that you could say, well, it's okay for me to be in depression. What you need to understand is while they were in depression, God was redefining their character and their faith and making them into even greater godly people. And so keep that in mind. Elijah. Elijah goes up um, and he defeats all these uh, prophets of Baal and, and just right in front of everybody makes them look really bad and, and he wins the battle and, and man, he was the only one that stood up and he defeated all of these prophets. Wow, man, he was probably feeling like the cool daddy rabbit that day. But the next day, we find Elijah sitting under a tree, crying and whining to God, asking God to take him because the queen was coming after him. Understand this. (laughs) Don't ever, ever, ever get cocky and arrogant and feel like, oh, this will never happen to me. I got my act together too well. I'm too great of a Christian. I'm too wonderful. Um, They ought to make a statue of me. I want you to understand something. That day when Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal, that was awesome and that was powerful. I want you to hear it again. The next day, he's sitting under a tree crying that the queen was going to get him. You see, we never know. On a personal level, I... I've always been a strong man and a strong man's man. And, and I've always kind of worked my way through stuff, although I've always battled depression all of my life. I guess it's genetic, spiritual. I don't, I don't know. It's all there. But the bottom line is I want you to hear that there was, a, there was a day, and I will never forget this moment, where I made the statement that life is so easy for me, and I don't know how it's so easy for me. And, and, and you have to, I'll just put it this way. I was so audaciously arrogant. It was like God tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh yeah? And things happened over the next months that ushered me into a depression. Now, let me say this. A lot of my struggle was my personal sin. But let me, let me say this. It's not because of personal sin you're in depression. Don't let anybody tell you you're a bad person. It's because of your sin. It's because of your personal sin. In my case, I believe it was because of my personal sin. But that doesn't mean that that's what it was all about for you. 
okay? You're going to have to, with God's help, in the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit, figure out what your struggle is and what's initiating and, and kind of maintaining uh, your depression. But for me, it was. And, and I want to tell you, I went from, oh, I've got myself totally together and I've got nothing to worry about, to where I was out of the ministry. And I didn't care about anything. And I didn't think anybody cared about me. And people would try to give me advice, and I didn't want to hear it. And I was angry at everybody from God to my wife to everybody around me and anybody in the church. And man, I just... And let me say this. It's not gone in my life. I still battle with it. I, I hope that one day in your life it can all be gone and you don't have any struggles with it. It's never left me. I always tell people, I don't know what a doctor would diagnose this, but in the morning when I wake up, I either feel like putting on a Superman cape or staying in my pajamas. I had a guy named Dan in my congregation who says, well, I've got a pair of uh, Superman pajamas. Maybe you could, you know, meet both. But I thought that was funny. <coughs> but... I want you to hear this. This is not something, I'm not talking down to you. I'm talking as someone who's dealt with this hopelessness and this helplessness and this anger and this frustration. And to this day, it's something that God has left in my life to keep me humble and to keep me where I need to be. But I want you to understand these types of people, these great men and women of God, have, have struggled with depression also. There's people like uh, C.S. Lewis had great struggles with depression. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great preacher, struggled with depression, had great bouts over periods of time with depression. Mother Teresa, for years and years and years, in the in the middle of all the great things that she did, talked about the, 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 the dark night of the soul. And I, I, you say, well, but she was so effective. You can be too, and that's really what I'm talking about today. There's uh, John Wesley and John Calvin. <laughs> Those are two great theologians. Uh, maybe depression's good for you, theologically. I don't know. Just kidding. But I want you to understand this. There have been great men and women throughout history that have dealt with depression, yet they have been some of the most effective people in the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you this, you too. Even though you may battle depression, and even though you may battle this emotional despondency mental despondency, whatever it might be. (coughs) I want you to hear this. God has a plan for you. Even in the middle of that, even because of that, he will take that and he will mold you and he will use you and he will do great things in you and for you and through you. Very, very important stuff. There's a big uh, struggle today over whether depression is just chemical or whether it's just spiritual. And my answer to the question is, is it chemical or biological, or is it spiritual, is yes. 
I, I know that there is a, a, a biological and chemical uh, uh, component uh, to depression. I know there is. And it is, it is, it is difficult. And, and some people ask me, uh, do you have a problem with these antidepressants and different medicines? My answer is no. No. God gave us doctors. I take medicine for my um, um, diabetes and for my blood pressure. Why would I ever look down on somebody who is struggling chemically and say, oh, no, you should never take, just depend on God. Well, then somebody needs to look at me and say, well, don't take anything for your diabetes or your uh, high blood pressure. Just depend on God. That's not fair. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying this, and I want you to hear this. Depression doesn't make you demonic. Depression doesn't mean you're of the devil. Please, did you hear what I just said? But let me let you on a secret. Satan will use anything he possibly can to tear you apart. 1 Peter chapter 5 talks about the fact that he is like a roaring lion and he is looking to devour your life and he will do it any way he possibly can. And that's why, I'll, I'll, uh, that's, that's 1 Peter 5. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27, it says, give no footholds to the evil one or to Satan. And all that kind of works together. We need to understand that Satan is there and he is looking for any opportunity to integrate himself in our minds and our hearts and our lives and use anything he possibly can, even positive or church things. He wants to use those things to his advantage to destroy us. And man, this is so important to understand. He will, he will use anything. He will use any weakness we have. He will use any um, past sin that is still a part of our psyche. He will use anything we possibly can. This is why it is imperative for us to get a grip on all of this and realize this is going on. And this doesn't make me a non-Christian. I'm saved by grace, not by my performance. I'm saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm not saved because I think perfectly or I feel perfectly. I'm saved by grace through Jesus Christ. So if I battle and I struggle, that has nothing to do with my salvation. I am saved by believing and trusting in him. But those battles are going to be going on. And even though you're a child of God, he's going to try to destroy you. And it is imperative for you to understand that. Let me go one step further. I believe in the healing power of God. Okay? And the reason we study it today is because in Isaiah 53, 800 to 1,000 years before Jesus Christ, Isaiah wrote that it will be by Jesus' suffering, by his stripes, by his scourging, that we can be healed. Our Savior died the most heinous, painful death in human history. It was mentally painful, emotionally painful, physically painful, relationally painful, 
And because he took every one of our sins to that cross so we don't have to, it was spiritually painful. He made that statement. Father, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? And the Father was still there, but the bottom line is Jesus took every one of our sins to the cross with him. Now, because of all this pain, and because he's been through all of this, and because we know he's been through all of this, now he can come to where we are in the throes of this depression, which is a mental, emotional, physical, relational, spiritual. It is just painful. And he can come right into the heart of what you're dealing with and not only save you, but he can start the healing process. I don't know whether it will be absolutely taken out of your life, expiated, whatever you want to call it. In my life, it wasn't. But there has been a great healing to where no longer does depression dominate me. I dominate depression, but that doesn't mean it's gone. It doesn't mean that I don't battle with it. It doesn't mean that I don't have things that happen that trigger it and cause me great angst, great fear, great worry. But I'm telling you right now, from what I've learned by the power of God, I can begin at least to get on top of those things and be the effective man that God created me to be. Now, let me say this right here. Some people never be able to, seem never be able to get on top of that. And I understand that. And so does your heavenly father who loves you more than anybody else. And he's right there with you. And some people, they battle with it to the point that they even take their own lives. And I hurt for that. And you that are battling with that or you that are caring for somebody or live with somebody, I want you to understand you're not doing anything wrong. This isn't your fault. Um, this is not time to listen to the voices that, that Satan is, is echoing in your head, that this is your fault. It's all because of you. Um, you're a bad person. Please, please, please hear me. This is just part of the life we live here. It's a sinful world. It's, it's a world where we're going to have struggles. John 16, says, in this world, you're going to have problems. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have heartache. And often you're going to have depression. But Jesus said, but I have overcome the world. And I don't know what the process is for you individually. I just know for me how God has helped me uh, to be able to get over that. Listen, it, we're talking 10, 12 years of full-blown, ardent depression. And the first four or five years, I bugged out, and I kind of ran, and I was angry, and I was frustrated. And after that, I got back into the ministry, and there were days where I would read the Word all day long. I would pray all day long, and I just felt like God wasn't doing anything. And I would go out in my car, and I would scream at God, and I would be frustrated. And, it, and if if, if, if you're disappointed with that, you'll get over it. But the bottom line is, I want everybody to understand, man, it is a battle. And it is something that, 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 that 
you're gonna have to fight by the grace of God or it's gonna take you and it's gonna take you places you don't wanna go and it's gonna cause you to do things you don't wanna do. And I'm not telling you that everybody's gonna be able to absolutely conquer it and get on top of it. I just know one thing, that Jesus Christ not only suffered and died for us, but on the third day, he rose again. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, it talks about the fact that where Jesus meets us through the power of his resurrection is in our suffering. Did you hear what I just said? Jesus doesn't say to us, listen, when you get your act together, I'll infuse you with my resurrection power. He's saying, right where you are, right in the heart of the mental, emotional, physical, relational, spiritual battle, I will infuse you through the person of my Holy Spirit with my resurrection grace and glory. Things usually don't happen bada bing, bada boom. It doesn't happen that way predominantly. What happens is, is little piece by little piece, and lots of times you don't even see it happening. I'll never forget when one day I kind of woke up or God kind of tapped me on the shoulder or smacked me in the head, one of the three. But the bottom line is all of a sudden I realized that after 10, 12 years of this battle, I was having more good days than bad days. I don't even know how that happened. I wish I could go back and celebrate and say it was one, two, three, and four. I could write a book and be a millionaire. But I can't tell you that. I don't know that. I just know that God's got a plan for your life too. God's got a timing for your life too. And if you will ask him into the heart of your battle, beg him into the heart of your battle, and just believe, that God Almighty is doing something extraordinary and special that maybe you can't sense, maybe you can't feel, maybe you can't hear, maybe the battle's still going on and and it seems like the battle is winning. And that's that's the way I felt lots of times. And there were times I felt like saying, well, I'm not bothering to read God's word. I'm not gonna pray anymore. I'm not gonna do this church thing. And oh, I hated church. Oh my goodness. I'd go to church and people say, oh, did you feel God today? And I'd go... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But deep down, I was going, I didn't feel anything. And I say that because I want you to understand, maybe that's what you're feeling. Maybe, maybe you almost feel like it's negative or deleterious or harmful almost. It's okay. Stay in the fight. There's a plan. God knows what he's doing. There has to come a time, though, when you have to get out of the way and actually give it all to God. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ. I am dying with him, to him, for him, so that I can get out of the way. And see, that's a hard one for people going through uh, depression. Man, you feel like your life is totally out of control. And if you just surrender it, to God, it's just going to be like a balloon that's full of air and it's just going to go off and, and, and flutter all over the place and you're, it scares you to death to actually do that. All I can tell you is this. <coughs> Pray that God would give you the confidence to know that if you actually place it in his hands, 
that he absolutely will work out the good that he designs and desires for your life. And he does love you and he wants something extraordinary for you. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Not, and yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the, in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This last verse is, is so important. And, and you that are struggling with depression and struggling with trusting God and giving it to God and surrendering to God, it says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. And that's what I did for so long. I, I wanted God to do something, but I wanted to control and make sure he did it right. For if, if righteousness comes by anything of the law or the human, then Christ died in vain. I want you to hear this. Christ didn't die in vain. Christ got a perfect plan. He died and rose again and sent his Holy Spirit to infect you or to affect you with that perfect plan. Please hear me again. You probably won't see that great work being done. There will be days where you feel like you're not winning. But underneath all of that, God is. That's all I got for you. I don't, I don't know what else to do. But that's what I've got for you this morning. There's some things you really need to do. First, you need to identify the enemy. And the enemy is not your spouse. It's not your kids. It's not your mama who spanked you. Your enemy is Satan. He hates you. Look at Ephesians 6, the whole dynamic of the armor of God. You've got to identify the enemy. Second, you mean to make Jesus Christ first and Lord of everything in your life, including depression. You need to give that to him and give that to him and give that to him. I must have given that to him 500 million times because I kept taking it back because I felt like he wasn't doing it right and he wasn't doing it fast enough. So I would take it back. You know, you need to put on what they call the armor of God and learn to fight. And that's one thing I'm going to say to you right now. You need to learn to fight in prayer, in the word, in the spirit. And, and next I want to say, don't give up, never give up, never let down, never say I quit. Keep working, keep fighting. Keep fighting by the power of God. Stay on your knees, stay on your knees, stay on your knees, stay on your knees. God's got a great plan. Take verses of the Bible that inspire you and, and infect you with a positive attitude that, that even though at that moment you might say, this is bunk because the bottom line is it ain't working in my life. You keep, you keep reading those verses. If God be for me, who can be against me? There is nothing impossible with God. I can do all things through Christ. There's nothing too hard for God. Well, you keep reading those verses and you keep reading those verses and you keep kneeling before God and saying, and you keep getting up and you go out there and you live your best to the glory of God and you celebrate every little thing that you can do. If yesterday you couldn't hardly stand up and you go out and you walk a half a mile, you celebrate that and you, you celebrate that and you need to breathe and you need to exercise and you need to keep your eyes on Jesus and little by little you actually let people love you because one of the things I couldn't do was let anybody around me really love me. And here's what I got for you. 
Jesus lived and boy did he struggle. The night before he died, he sweated drops of blood. I'd say that's pretty intense and that's quite a struggle. But in the end, Jesus said this. Well, I know it's going to hurt and I'd really humanly rather not do this. But Father, I trust in you. So not my will, but thy will be done. God, I believe you've got a plan even in this depression. God, I believe you've got a plan even in this heartache. God, I believe you've got a plan even though I've really messed things up. God does have a plan. It's perfect. And praise God, one of these days, and we need to keep our eye on the ball, one of these days, we're not going to hurt anymore. One of these days, we're not going to be depressed anymore. One of these days, there'll be no more tears. And no more anguish. And no more depression. And no more struggles. Because one of these days we'll be in the presence of Almighty God. I hope this helps you. I hope this speaks to you if you're going through depression. Or somebody in your home is going through depression. Just understand. It doesn't mean you're not a child of God. It just means... God's allowing some things to happen in your life that you wish weren't happening. It doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for your life because what I'm finding is God has used that 10 years of my life greatly to be able to minister to others when they'll actually listen. It doesn't mean that God bugs out because God never leaves you and he never ever forsakes you. He's always right there with you. He's always right there loving you. You can count on that. Father, this morning, it's my prayer that we would all hear from you. What I've said is not perfect. Um, It's not perfectly scientific. It's not perfectly spiritual. It's not, I just wanted to bring hope. Like the disciples struggled when they woke up the day after Jesus' death. Sometimes we're waking up day after day feeling that same way, heartache, pain, loneliness, despondency. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that this morning you would wrap your loving arms around each and every one of us and love us where we are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. In your name we pray. God bless.